1 Corinthians 13, a chapter that some of, is some of the most quoted uh, verses in all of the Bible. And we're going to read... Um, we're going to read just one verse this morning, and it's uh, verse 13. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Our focus in the next three weeks will be a study of these three, what the Bible calls everlasting qualities. Qualities that Paul said that are really more important than prophecy speaking in tongues, word of knowledge. He said, you know, these qualities surpass that. Think about it. Qualities that Paul says are more important than the spiritual gifts. Qualities that I believe that every believer needs to possess to be successful in living this journey in life. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, These three things will last forever. They won't just last a short time. They will last forever. And they are faith, hope, and love. That's the three qualities. Now, why should we aspire to have these qualities? They will never lose their value. Other things will will fade out in your life. But the thing that will never fade in your life are these three qualities. Today, we're going to look at the first one, which is faith. Why is it that we need faith? We're going to try to answer three questions. What is faith? Why do we need faith? And how do we get faith? So the first question is, what is faith? I believe faith, simply stated, is having the ability to rely on and trust God. It's faith. How many of you rely on God? How many of you trust God? Faith is the ability to rely on and trust God. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Why do you need to rely or put your trust in God? Why do that? Well, because it's so important to your well-being in life. Amen? Why do you rely on other things instead of God. Let me ask you a question. Who do you rely and trust in? In a person? How many of you have been there, done that? In things? How many of you have been there, done that? Who do you rely and put your trust in? You know, some people put their faith and trust in anything. You know, young lady, some, some guy comes and winks at her, and all of a sudden she just throws herself at the mercy of this person that she doesn't know. How many of you know that? That's a train wreck about to happen. We get a few dollars together and we put all our faith, trust in a few dollars, and we think that's going to be our salvation. How many of you know the Bible says money is like, can have wings and just fly away? How many of you been there? How do you know if you have faith in God? How do you know that? Well, who do you turn to when you need help? Who do you turn to when your back's against the wall? Do you turn to man? Do you turn to others? Do you turn to some narcotic? Who you turn to when you're in a bind is an indication of where your trust is, where your faith is. If you're constantly relying and trusting 
on God to get you through your circumstances, you're in good shape. Amen? You know, the nation of Israel's health and safety and prosperity always hinged on their ability to rely on and trust God. It hinged on whether they put their faith and trust in God. And every time and any time their hearts turned away from trusting God, that's when they got in trouble. But you know what? A crazy thing is they seem to always start trusting and relying on other things besides God, even when God moved miraculously in their life. The Bible says in 1 Kings 16 and 25, Omri, who was an Israeli king, did what the Lord said was wrong. He was worse than all the kings who were before him. He committed all the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nabat, had committed when he caused the Israelites to sin. They worshiped worthless idols, and this made the Lord, the God of Israel, very angry. Now, King Omri led the nation of Israel into idolatry. And this was very displeasing to God. Why? Because King, the king led the nation of Israel away from putting their faith and trust in God and putting their faith and trust in something else. And this was very displeasing to God. He led them into idolatry. Now, idolatry is when you give your devotion and you put your faith and your trust in anything but God. So you can make a person an idol. You can make anything an idol. You can make yourself an idol. If you put your faith and trust in yourself more than God. You know, last year we went to India and people are starving there, but there are cows everywhere. There are cows everywhere you go. And so the thought is, why don't they, you know, eat some cows? You know, in India, the Hindus have made an idol out of a cow. They said, you know, a cow gives a lot of milk, always giving. And so they put so much reverence and respect to the cow that they believe that if they just take care of the cow, that somehow it's going to it's going to draw some good fortune to them. And so they believe their wealth, their health, their prosperity, their protection has everything to do with how they treat the cow. But then at the same time, they give no time to Jesus Christ. And so they have one of the darkest nations on the globe. Listen, the greatest mistake that you and I can make, spiritually speaking, is to put our faith in ourselves. To put our faith and trust in others. And to put our faith and trust in this world. That's the greatest mistake we can make. Because when we put our faith and trust in ourselves, we're always going to experience failure. When we put our faith and trust in others, we're always going to experience failure. Because no person, no situation, no amount of money, nothing the world can offer will be faithful enough to provide for you all your life. Only putting our faith and trust in God. Remember when Israel got upset because they didn't have a king. These pagan nations had a king. They didn't have a king. And they got, they started pouting. They started throwing a pity party. And they said, we want a king. And so the prophet, the prophet came to, uh, to Israel and, uh, and began to rebuke him. Samuel, 
rebuked the Israelites and tried to convince them of the error of their ways. And listen what he says in 1 Samuel 12, 20. Don't be afraid, Samuel reassured them. You have certainly done, done wrong. But make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart and don't turn your back on him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that cannot help or rescue you. They are totally useless. And then look in verse 24. Be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve Him. Think of all the wonderful things He's done for you. But if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. You see, there's a high price to pay when we start trusting and relying on anything but God. You see, we worry about idolatry, or, or excuse me, adultery and fornication and, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, gossip, and we, we can mention all kinds of sins. You know the greatest one? The greatest one is when we start putting our faith and trust in money or in people or in things. That's the greatest mistake that we can make. That's the biggest problem, amen? Listen to what Jeremiah says. In Jeremiah 17 and 5, this is what the Lord says. Curse to those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Jesus said this. He said, listen, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. And the problem, whenever we put our faith in other things besides God, is it turns our heart away from God. That's the problem. And the worst thing that can happen is when your heart drifts away from God. Let me just take a survey. How many of you got saved and your heart turned towards God and it's the best thing that ever happened to you? Let me see your hands. How many of your lives have been dramatically, dramatically changed and transformed whenever you gave your allegiance and you turned your heart towards God? Let me see your hands. See, the worst thing you could do is turn away from God and to turn to things. Some people will put faith in a a cross on the wall or a Bible on the coffee table or a, a cross around their neck thinking, well, that's going to give me good fortune. No, that's just a symbol of the one who can give you good fortune. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? Jesus said in Matthew six twenty four, no one can serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Serve means to give allegiance to, to become a slave to. Master means the one who's in supreme authority over your life, the one you rely on, depend on, and you seek for help and allow to be the controller of your life. And so Jesus says, you can't give your allegiance and trust in two things. You'll either trust God or you'll trust yourself or you'll trust others. But the greatest thing that you can do is trust God. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Amen. What is faith? Faith is depending on God. It's relying on God. When your back's against the wall, you turn to God and say, God, I need your help. Whenever you're having problems in life, you stop and you say, God, I don't know what I'm going to do about this circumstance. Would you help me out here? Amen. What is faith? Faith is developing the ability to rely on and trust in God. Who are you relying on? 
Say, well, I'm relying on God. That's why I'm here. Well, you need to trust God with your problems, with your hardships. Going to church is not trusting God. Trusting God is when you need direction for your life, you turn to Him. When you're going through problems in your life, you turn to Him. Imagine Jesus who gave His life that was guilty of no crime, laid down His life, got hung on the cross, gave up, shed His innocent blood so our sins could be forgiven, so the curse could be broken off of us, so we could be under the blessing of God. Think about how it must feel to God, how it must feel to Jesus to have done all that. And when we're in the midst of all these hardships and problems, rather than turn to him, we turn to somebody or something else. But imagine the joy that comes to his life whenever we turn our heart towards him. Amen? Now let's look at that second question. Why is it so important to develop our ability to trust and depend on God? Well, the more you depend on God, the better your life will be. The more you depend on God, the, the, the better your life will be. There's tremendous blessings. Listen, dependence on God unlocks God's spiritual blessings on your life. How many of you believe that? I mean, listen, you know, my life was bumping along up to the age of 22 until I surrendered and gave my life to Christ. And when faith dropped into my heart and I grabbed a hold of putting my faith and trust in God, my life was totally transformed. And, you know, I like to tell my story because, you know, I wasn't born on the church pew. I wasn't this little church kid that never did any, any wrong or never did any harm. No, just the opposite. I was one of Satan's main guys to do all his harm. But when God stepped in and touched my life, my life was radically changed when I put my faith and depended on him. Amen. How many of you know there's spiritual blessings that all of a sudden get unlocked in your life whenever you put your faith and trust in him? The more you put your faith and trust in him, the more the blessings of God come. Come on, can I get a witness in the house of the Lord today? Amen. So listen, the goal this morning is to encourage you, to stir you up, even those that have faith, to not give up on your faith, to hang in there. Amen. Listen, two blessings that comes from depending on God. Number one is... Depending on God unlocks the spiritual blessing of answered prayer. Remember when Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God? Listen to the context in which he said that. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. When Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. What does Jesus say? Having faith and trusting God is critical to getting answers to prayer. That's what he's saying. He's also saying it's not just prayer, but it's faith-filled prayers that can move mountains. A faith-filled prayer believes that God answers prayer. Can I ask you a question this morning? How many of you believe that God answers prayers? Now listen, does God answer all prayers? How we want, when we want, and the answer is absolutely not. But faith-filled prayers will certainly increase the possibility of unlocking huge blessings in your life. Now listen, 
If I was the enemy, I would want, even though you're a church-going person, I would want you to turn to anything and everything but Jesus to get help in your life. Because I know if I was the enemy, I would know that as soon as somebody turns to Jesus and asks him for help through prayer, blessings come. Listen, consider these testimonies. Abraham received a child from his barren wife because he prayed. Job received a double blessing after losing everything because he prayed. Elijah called down fire from heaven because he prayed. Daniel was delivered from the lion's den because he prayed. Jesus raised the dead because he prayed. The disciples in the upper room received the power of the Holy Spirit because they prayed. I could go on and on, but that's enough. I think you get it, right? James said in James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. How many of you believe that? That prayer is powerful and effective. In James 4.2, he said, you do not have because you do not ask. I believe there are great spiritual blessings that are awaiting those who are just willing to pray faith-filled prayers. Amen? I think there's a storeroom in heaven of blessings that's just God's just waiting for us to just ask for them. Amen? And imagine if you had an armful of blessings and all you needed for somebody to do was just ask you for some of it and you would give it to them. Oh, I think the Lord's got blessings awaiting for those who are just by faith will just begin to turn to him and ask him for help. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. That's a great promise, isn't it? That's a great, that's a great invitation, isn't it? So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, if we have faith, it's a great blessing. It's one of the great values that anybody and qualities that anybody could have in their life. What is faith? It's depending on and rely on God. How do you depend on rely on God? You start asking God for help when your back's against the wall. You start asking God to deliver you when you need deliverance. You start asking God to better your life. And the more you ask him, the more you're going to receive. The more you seek him, the more you're going to find him. The more you go after him, the more the sun is going to shine on your life. Amen. Amen. I hope you're getting encouraged this morning. You know, listen, there's a couple in this church that's about to get married in February, and they've been waiting for years and years as singles, waiting for God to provide. But you know what? God is coming through, and we're going to have a great wedding here in February. Amen. There's there's a guy that a young man that's in this building right now that got delivered from drugs. He couldn't get get off of him. He couldn't get delivered. He couldn't stop. But God intervened. He put his faith and trust in God. And all of a sudden, God came in and drugs went out. Amen. And now years now he's been sober. Amen. There's a young lady that called the church uh, this past week on Monday or, or uh, yeah, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. She called her son had had severe fever and, and a rash and the doctors didn't know what was going on and, and, and how uh, what to do about it because they couldn't find out what was the problem. And so she called the church and Pastor Brandon and, and others. We prayed for her and, and asked God to, to break the fever and heal her son. Well, the next day that we prayed, the fever broke, the rash went down. There, there was nothing that they, the doctors could say or point to that said this is the reason why. He's healed, but God intervened. 
The blessing of God comes to those who have faith, who depend and rely on God. Are y'all with me this morning? Amen. Now, does God answer all prayers? No, he doesn't. But there's blessings, I believe, awaiting for those who just simply by faith will open up their hearts and ask God for help. Developing your faith unlocks the possibility of miracles in your life. How many of you need a miracle in your life? You know what a miracle is? A miracle is when God steps in and overrides the natural. When God steps in and tells the water to stop, the sun to stop in the sky, an axe head to float up out of the water. That's a miracle. And God is in the miracle working business. In fact, this morning at the first service, we had two, three testimonies of people that came up and, ex- and shared how God had given their family member a miracle this week. God is a miracle working God. Do y'all believe in miracles? I tell you, you know how you receive a miracle? You believe in miracles. You believe that God is the God of the miraculous. Amen. You remember blind Bartimaeus? He received a miracle. Why? Because he believed that God could give him a miracle. The Bible says in Mark 10, 51, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus asked, Jesus asked him, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Blind eyes were never opened before that time. There was nothing in the natural that would have gave hope to Bartimaeus to receive a healing. But Bartimaeus believed God could do it. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Healing was connected to his faith. Miracles are connected to faith. Bartimaeus received a miracle in his life. Why? Because he just believed that if God made his eyes, God could heal his eyes. He just believed that if God could part the Red Sea, God could certainly put new eyeballs in his sockets if he needed to. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Bartimaeus had developed faith. He'd grown his faith. People who develop dependence on God, rely on God. They experience miracles in their life. The non-believers, the naysayers, they said, oh, that's just a coincidence. Oh, that's just a, that's just chance. That's just happen chance. No, if you're a child of God, you know that God can do anything he wants to. He can stop the, he can stop the train from coming down the track. Amen. He could stop the river from flowing this way, turn it around and make it flow that way. He can cause everybody else that turns their back on you to come in and step into your life and give you more than you would have if you had a hundred thousand people on your side. He's a miracle working God and he does miracles. Amen. How do you develop your faith? Why do you need faith? It unlocks the possibility of miracles in your life. A third question, how do we grow our faith? We grow our faith. We grow our faith by simply obeying the scripture. Jesus said in Luke 17, 5, the apostles realized and saw the faith in Jesus. And they said to him, Lord, increase our faith. You know what the good news is that? Your faith can increase. Where, however much faith you have right now, your faith can increase. 
You know what I believe? Just as I'm talking to you right now, there's all kind of voices out there that you listen to all week, whether it's on the internet, whether it's on your iPhone, whether it's on TV, whether it's your coworkers. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people that will try to weaken and try to rob you of faith. But you know what I believe I'm doing right now? I'm just, I'm just throwing, I'm throwing water on your faith. I'm nourishing your faith. I'm strengthening your faith. I'm encouraging your faith. I'm just, I'm just hope. I'm just encouraging you to not throw in the towel, but to continue to believe God for miracles to take place in your life. Things that you haven't seen yet, things that you've dreamed of are awaiting you as you hold on to your faith. Amen. How do you, how do you grow your faith? The good news is that you can. There's more good news. You don't, you don't need a whole lot of faith to see God move. Jesus said in Luke 17 and six, if you have faith, As small as a mustard seed, you can say to the smallberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, you don't need a whole lot to be able to just do miraculous things. You know, a couple of, I don't know, maybe a month ago, I showed you a mustard seed. I had about 15 in this little bag, and you couldn't see it from out there. That's how small a mustard seed is. You know what? You don't have to have giant faith. You just need to have faith. Amen. You don't have to have a mountain size faith. You just need to use what you got. Amen. Whether it's whatever you, wherever you are right now in your walk with God, just put your faith into action. Amen. There's four ways to grow your faith. One way is to persevere through trials and tribulations. Growing your faith requires action of pushing through trials and tribulations. You know, listen, the Bible says in James 1 and uh, verse 2, Consider it joy when you go, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Everyone's faith is going to be tested. Everybody that walks with God, their faith is going to be tested. Everybody goes through a time and a season of testing in their faith. The question is, what are we going to do when we go through that time of testing? What are we going to do? You really have two options. You can get discouraged and give up or you can hang in there until you see God move and you see the breakthrough. See, I think too many times we allow our trials and tribulations to discourage us and we don't say, God, I'm turning my back on you. Basically, what we do is we turn away from prayer. We turn away from the scripture. We turn away from going to church. We just give up on the whole Christianity thing. And how is the world going to help you if Jesus can? Jesus was raised from the dead. He has all power. He has all knowledge. Never turn your back on God. Just hold on and he will get you through your trial. Amen. He'll get you through if you just hang in there. Hang in there. Why will you get so encouraged? Because you're going to see the hand of God. Why will your faith grow stronger? Because you're going to see God come through for you. The psalmist said, I've been young, now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. God is faithful, saints of God. God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm not sure you believe that. God is faithful. He can be counted on. He can be relied on. 
He can be trusted. He's faithful. He's a faithful God. You can rely on him. You can depend on him. Others have hurt you. Others have failed you. But God will not. So never turn your back. Away from God. For any person. Or anything. Or any amount of money. Because nothing will be worth it. Amen. You grow your faith by hanging in there. You know, growing your faith is like holding a weight in your hand. The more you stand in faith, the more your spiritual muscles will grow. You know, listen, the way that you grow muscles is you put it under adversity. You get in the gym and you work out. Some say if you take a pill, it'll work. But don't believe it. The way you grow your muscles is you put it under adversity. The way God grows your faith is he puts it under adversity. But be sure of this. The person that goes in the gym and works out, they prepare themselves for the storms of life physically. Those who will persevere through trials and tribulations, the Lord is going to prepare them to go through adversity of life. Amen. He will prepare you to get through everything that the enemy could throw your way. And you're going to stay strong, stand strong, and you're going to see the manifestation of the deliverance of God. Amen. Why will you see your faith grow and strengthen? Because you're going to see God move in your life. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Trials weaken you, but God's grace strengthens you. Amen. How do you grow your faith? Well, you learn to persevere. Whenever you go through trials, listen, you know what? Paul said, you know what? I used to get so bothered by the trials and tribulations. Crying out to God. God, take this thorn away. And God said, my strength is perfected in you, in your weakness. Paul said, now I glory in tribulation. He said, listen, whenever I go through hard times, I know, man, there's a tremendous blessing that is right on the side of this trial I'm going through. Can I tell you something today? The enemy would like to make you think that you're sinking, that you're going, you're going down and you're going to fail. I want to tell you that God's got a tremendous blessing for you. That's right on the side of your trial. The enemy wants you to give up, but God said, hang in there, brother, hang in there. My sister, I got a breakthrough blessing for you. It's right around the corner. Isn't it true that the greatest blessings of God come through the greatest trials that we go through? Amen. That's true. When you hang in there, you'll get blessed. The second way to grow your faith is you need to feed and nourish your faith. Why was it that Bartimaeus had faith that God could heal him? It's definitely not because of what he saw Jesus do. He was blind. He couldn't see Jesus do anything. He didn't see Jesus heal anybody. He didn't see Jesus turn water into wine. He didn't see Jesus multiply fish and loaves. He didn't see Jesus raise the dead. Why did he have faith? I believe Bartimaeus had faith to be healed because of what he heard. He heard people say, I was blind, but now I see. He heard people say, I was lame, but now I'm not. He heard people say, my life was falling apart, but Jesus put it together. He heard the testimonies about Jesus and faith filled his heart. Amen. In Mark 10, 47, 
When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they said, be quiet. And he shouted all the more. Why? Because he just believed that Jesus could give him a miracle. Amen. So what does that say? What does it say? The more you hear about the testimony of Jesus, the more your life will change. The more you hear about the miraculous power of Jesus, the more your life, your faith will grow. Your faith is just like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it grows. But it's also like your body. The more you feed it nourishment, the more it'll grow. So we need to constantly be feeding our faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the word of God, hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, the more you hear about the good news, the stronger your faith will be. The more you read about the good news, the more your faith will be. The more you listen to the good news, the more your faith will be. Listen, F.F. F. Bosworth said this, the Bible is faith food. The more you eat, the more you grow. If we feed our natural body three hot meals a day and we feed our spirit one cold meal on Sundays, we will always suffer with a weak faith. Can I encourage you today? Keep feeding your faith. Keep feeding your faith, feed your faith, feed your faith, feed your faith. And you never know whenever you're going to be feeding your faith and all of a sudden faith is going to drop in your heart and all of a sudden God will give you a miracle that you never knew was possible. Amen. A third way to grow your faith is trust and rely on God to meet a specific need. You remember Bartimaeus, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, Bartimaeus was blind. How many of you would agree that Jesus knew what Bartimaeus did or or what he needed rather, right? Are y'all with me? Why did he ask Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? There was a reason why Jesus specifically asked him, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I mean, look at me. I'm blind. But he made Bartimaeus say it. And so I believe one of the ways that we grow our faith is to specifically trust and rely on God to meet a need in our life. To specifically ask God to meet a need in our life. Instead of just saying, God, provide for me. What do you want God to provide for you? What do you want Jesus to do? If you want to grow your faith, you have to stand in faith, trusting God to do something in your life. And again, it's just like, if I want to grow my bicep, if I will take a weight and just simply hold it right here, by holding this weight, my bicep will get strained and it'll grow because it's under a bind. Faith, when you believe God for something, it's like exercising your faith. It's like believing God. It's like holding that weight in your hand. And the more you hold your burdens in faith, the more your faith grows. Before you know it, you're going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Amen. And you will have the strength in your faith to move mountains in your life. The enemy will have a tough time knocking you over. Why? Because you've learned to rely and depend on God. You've learned to trust God to solve your problems and not yourself, not others, or not anything that the world can offer. And as you hold your needs before God in faith and in prayer, 
you're going to see the miraculous provision of God being released over your life. There's three qualities that everybody needs. One is faith. You can grow your faith. You can grow your faith by persevering through trials. You can grow your faith by feeding your faith. You can grow your faith by learning to bring your problems and circumstances, your desires, your dreams before God and say, God, I know that there's nothing that you cannot do. And I know, though it may seem impossible to me right now, you're the God of the impossible and I trust that you're going to do it. Amen. And then finally, you can grow your faith by totally surrendering your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in that story of blind Bartimaeus that whenever he heard Jesus call and Jesus said, bring him to me. The Bible says in verse 50 that Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and he came to Jesus. Now, I don't know the full significance of him throwing aside his coat, but I believe there's some significance to it. Bartimaeus had to make a decision that day. That he wasn't going to wallow in the self-pity of being blind any longer. That he wasn't going to stay in his circumstances and rely on the negativity of his circumstances to draw pity and help from others. He decided it would be better for me if I got out of this situation and the Lord healed me and delivered me. I would have a new lease on life. You know, I think that coat symbolized something that he was willing to get rid of everything that he had in his possession and he was ready to surrender all to go towards Jesus and receive what Jesus had for him. I think there's something that happens when you totally surrender your life to Jesus. There's one thing about just plain Christianity, that casual Christianity, that flirting, that dating Christianity, But there's a whole nother blessing whenever you decide to give it 100% and you jump in with all and everything you got and say, Jesus, I'm following you no matter where you go. I'm right there. I'm going the distance with you. And I think whenever you make that decision, something happens in the spirit realm and a greater faith is released over your life. And all of a sudden, man, it's just like you got supernatural ability to get through the problems, the trials, and the tribulations of life that otherwise would cause you to trip up. Are y'all hearing me today? Jesus wants us to depend and rely on Him. How many of you ready to do that? Amen? Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer? Let's ask the Lord to help us today. There's somebody in this room today that's sitting in a situation that you're desperate. And the Lord's saying, come on, throw in the towel. Throw aside your old life. Throw aside that old coat. All it'll do is keep you in the circumstance you're in. Throw it aside. Get rid of it. Stand up and turn to Jesus. He's got a miracle waiting for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I don't know that I'm a Christian. I don't know that if I died today, where I would go. But I need I need Jesus' help. I need a miracle in my life. I need His provision in my life. And today, my heart is stirred to just put my dependence in Him. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand and just say, Todd, would you pray that prayer, pray that prayer with me? Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Just lift your hand and say, ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? 
Come on, this is your day right over here. I see your hands. Come on. If you say, Todd, I have never asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I've never asked Jesus to to take uh, my my life in his hands. And today I want to do that. Listen, those of you that raised your hands, are you serious? Are you serious about this? As you stand here before God, just pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for all my sins. I repent and ask you to forgive me. I need your help, Jesus. And I'm putting my faith and I'm putting my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me hope. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me today. Lord, I surrender to you. I give my life to you. Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you have a great need in your life? How many of you have a great need in your life? How many of you have something to trust God for, to depend on God for? Come on, like that, like that weight. Let's just give it to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm not going to depend on man. I'm not going to depend on myself. I'm not going to depend on others. I'm going to depend on you. Come on, let's just take a moment right now and just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm trusting you. Come on. And you tell him that I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm depending on you, Lord, to come through, to provide. Lord, you provide roadways in the wilderness. You part the Red Seas. God, I believe that you are the God of the impossible and you're going to release your impossible power in my life. Your, Your grace is sufficient and I'm receiving that right now. Thank you, Lord, for touching each heart, each life in this room right now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agreed said amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father.